SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, July 7th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez, and every weekday morning I am joined by my main man, Kevin Walsh, as we put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, summertime Tuesday. I don't know. You're not rocking the salmon, but I am sure That's that true. you are excited. We got a jam-packed show, Kev. We've got MLS to talk about. We've got NFL to talk about. We've got our guy Martino Puccio coming in. We continue our tour days or our spotlights of teams in the NL East. We move across the river and talk about the New York Mets. But, Kev, I really got to start with this. You know, we've been talking about how coronavirus and evolution are the two biggest stories almost in our country, not let along the sports world. And I... To be honest, I find our headline related to coronavirus not from one of the major team American sports. But what we did always say was that it was interesting that MLS was going to go out first, right? And we were like, we're going to read the blueprint. We're going to read the putt of how it goes down. And we're going to understand, right, these other sports can learn from what is happening in the world, right? In the same way that other states maybe can learn from New York because they went through this virus first, right? MLS is going through this first. We talked yesterday about how FC Dallas, for lack of a better term, Kev, there was a breakout, right? A hot spot. That team has become a hot spot. And in response, MLS has decided to withdraw, you know, disqualify. They are no longer in the tournament. They're out because there's an outbreak among the team. I think it's as many as 10 people with that team have tested positive. For me, that's horrible. If you had FC Dallas Futures, for example, I don't know what happens. If you had you their first game out the gate, whatever happens, right? That's one side of this. But for me, Kev, the issue here that raises this to a headline is that the MLS responded and they're no longer around, okay? There's plenty of reasons and plenty of ways to catch the virus, and maybe you're safer in New York than in Orlando, than in Chicago, than in Timbuktu, than in New Zealand right now. But we have all always said the world is questionable. This is going to happen on some level at some point to some people. MLS has decided to take them out. My biggest question is, what happens if and when this happens in the NBA? What happens if and when this happens to Major League Baseball? What happens if and when this happens in week four of the NFL? MLS has demonstrated what they would do because they did it. I'm very intrigued on if this sets a standard that other major team American sports are willing to follow. You know what I mean, Kev? How do you feel about this? Yeah, so... This is this is really interesting, and I remember we first spoke about FC Dallas maybe a week or so ago, so, somewhere in that time frame, right? I remember sure. you were certainly one of the first people I heard to be like, guys, this is a big deal, right? And it certainly when evolved. When I said like it was on thin ice, they were saying. Yeah, the tournament. It certainly, it certainly evolved, right? And it's, you know, obviously they've had to pull. FC Dallas, and of course, you know, we're going to continue to uh, speak soccer later on in the show. So, sure. I, you know, as I'm, as I'm going through the research and, I, and I'm trying to fully get the scope of this team, it does seem as if this was an outbreak throughout FC Dallas versus the MLS bubble or the MLS entirely. And one of the things okay. that was noted is that they had three positive tests before arriving to Florida. And they're not sure if those players traveled separately. Now, okay. with the way COVID can be transmitted, you have to keep the distance, all of these things. Right. The one big lesson for 
you know, right now the NBA and the NBA the world are looking to get off the <laughs> ground, sports world. right? It's like, okay, if someone has COVID, maybe don't put them on a plane with other people. Now, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that's what happened with FC Dallas. But sure. I feel like with that caveat being applied throughout one of the reports that was done over on ESPN about this decision, it might indicate that. I think as far as, you know, making this ultimate decision, it it sure was one that, you know, the MLS put off for as long as possible. But ultimately, they felt as if they could push this team back. I, and I think, I don't know, do you think part of that is the fact that, yes, the group stage games are going to count towards your regular season standings, but there's only a handful of those. And in the, you know, acknowledgement of them being pulled away from this tournament, you know, they're hopeful that FC Dallas is going to be able to resume the regular season. Right, because that would be, you know, a month or a month and a half from now. Remember, the MLS is back finals. is not slated to happen until, you know, early to mid-August. And then they hope to be able to continue the resumption of the season in their home market. So maybe Dallas, you know, by mid-August will be through, uh, through this bout or through this outbreak. I guess, though, Kevin, for me, you know, you, you mentioned the idea of maybe they got it on the plane or in travel, let's say. I don't know that the reason matters. You know what I mean? Like, we're here now. They're in the bubble. And there was an outbreak. So I get it, right? Like, you're right. Maybe if they were uh, more careful, right? But I believe that could always be the, the, the reason. Like, in late July, when the Dallas Mavericks have an outbreak, but it was because one of the cleaning ladies came in and out of the bubble and got it from their, their parent, and then that's the reason the outbreak. We'd say, like, oh, well, it was just that one cleaning lady. we got to be more careful. My question is really about what does the league then do, and can the league stomach it? This happens to be FC Dallas. What if it was LAFC or NYCFC or in the NBA world? What if this is Milwaukee? What if this is Houston? My question is, can the league consistently do this? And as we look to, you know, in MLS, for example, we're now hearing that there are five, count them, five positive cases among Nashville FC. I don't know if it was travel, if they were careless. What I do know is that they're slated to play one of the openers of this tournament tomorrow night. So I don't know about that. And then we also, you know, Kevin, the NBA, we have word, you know, three Heat players test positive for COVID. We have word that seven of the 22 teams, a third of them, had to shut down their facility before heading to Orlando. To me, it's not about the reasons behind it. To me, it's behind two very specific things. One, the curve in this country is still at a dangerous level, a level which makes this almost an inevitability. And two, that the leagues are going to figure out how they respond to this almost eventuality. So I have to say, I, I very much so disagree that the reasoning behind this doesn't matter. I, I think it matters a ton. There, okay. there were 26 teams sent there by the MLS, right? And as of now, well, there's a lot to get to. We'll get to the national piece of this. We're going to get to all of this, right? But as of now, 25 teams still remain. So that's like the percentages, right? Like that's very, very important when going through this. And it, the, a big part of right, these teams getting off the ground is being able to take preventative measures to stop these things from happening. So I do think that all of that stuff is very, very important. As far as you know, the NBA shutting down those facilities, we've, we've talked about this. I really think it has to do with the fact that the three extra practices they could have potentially got in before you know, their travel to Orlando, which is actually supposed to begin today, it were pretty much irrelevant. And when they saw that people had COVID, they didn't need to have other people come in. Let's just begin quarantining. Because the one thing that we did see with some of those TBT numbers is the longer you can quarantine and isolate is you will start to get more and more and more in, in, in terms of your success rate of having negative tests. Where they got to the point where anybody that was quarantined for five days was able to test negative. So I think shutting down those facilities is something they can work with. This Nashville SC thing, though, Dane, is fascinating to me. Okay. A part of 
the report again, right, on ESPN about FC Dallas's removal included that there were 13 positive players, 10 of them belonging to FC Dallas. Math doesn't add up. <laughs> it sure doesn't, right? Yeah. It, it, it sure doesn't if National SC has five guys. And that, no, like this report, I don't believe, is outdated. Now, I, the thing, again, and this is why I believe that the buildup to this matters as much as the result. National SC had positive tests back on the 1st, right, which was a okay. Wednesday. They showed up to the bubble on the Friday, and so they showed up there with the positive test. Now, their plan was, let's get in the bubble, let's begin our quarantining, let's stay isolated. They've not participated in any training drills, which, by the way, they've still not, from what we've read, participated in any type of training drills. The idea of a game tomorrow night, right? I think that would be very difficult to see them go out there and play tomorrow with that being the case. They got the now, Chicago think, Fire 10.30 p.m. tomorrow night at, as scheduled. So, And I think there's going to have to be a situation addressed there. I am, though, a bit confused in a way with almost the MLS not addressing this situation. And maybe I'm wrong in saying they're not going to play tomorrow. Maybe they're going to go after this again a round of testing, and if they're able to get right, because these are obviously larger rosters, and if those five positives remain the only positives, then maybe they do send the rest of Nashville SC out there. And whether, I don't know if that's the right decision, because one of the things... No, I hear you, and that's where we're at, right? We're in this brave new territory. And that's the point, you know, Kev? MLS was going first. We all have to read the blueprint of what MLS does. And that's why I'm Mm -hmm. so interested. That's why, to me, this is the headline in the sports world. I know Patty Mahomes is getting a half a billion dollars. (laughs) This is the headline because a league is forced to make their decisions, to respond, to whether enact their policy or come up with what they do in this context. And, you know, Okay, Kev, you're right. Maybe somebody is more reckless than another or whatever, but this precedent has to be addressed. And how this precedent is addressed is going to be so important for the future of American team sports in the year 2020. That's why I think this is a headline. You're right. Maybe they were reckless. You think there's not going to be some reckless players on other sports? Maybe it was in travel. You think there's not some travel risk in Major League Baseball? You are right. Those things we can debate until the cows come home. I'm interested in what these leagues are going to do. A precedent has been established. We'll talk about it coming back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. My man Kevin and I are discussing what you may not think is our headline, but the headline is that FC Dallas is not in the MLS's back tournament anymore. And to be quite honest, Nashville FC seems to be, I don't know, at risk as well, Kev. Now, as we were talking about, you were right. You know, maybe it was in the travel. Maybe these teams weren't as smart about it or taking the precautions as others, whether it happened in travel, whether they contracted it in the bubble, whether they had false negative tests. Who knows? Yeah. But there's an outbreak, okay? And there's a mini outbreak with another team happening right now that has yet to be addressed, okay? Mm. Now, as I start to say in the NBA, Whether they needed those practices or not, whether, you know, they were a contending team or not, there were, Kevin, seven out of the 22 teams that had to respond to the health things that were happening, right? Just like MLS had to respond to the health things that were happening, the outbreak. 
NBA, seven, a third of the NBA teams invited to restart in Orlando have had to already implement some team response mm-hmm. to what was happening health-wise. Now, maybe it'll be different in Orlando, even though Florida as a state is proving to right now be one of the more risky states to be in. Um, but what do you think this means for other sports? Or do you think that like we can just hope that this thing that has happened in MLS will not happen? And I would also say, listen, listen caddies are getting it. People are withdrawing in the PGA. People are withdrawing out of UFC fights like, People are going to test positive. The question is, how do we respond? We see how the PGA has responded. They put it on. It's an individual sport. UFC, people get out. They find a fill-in. Shout out to Jorge Masvidal. We'll talk about him this week as well. Um, You know, we are seeing how the league will respond. This is the first major American team sport that has had to respond to this, and they're yanking the team. My question is, uh uh-oh. Is the NBA going to do that? Is Major League Baseball going to do that? What do you think is going to happen as we go further down these roads with the other teams that are maybe watching and learning from MLS? So, on on the line in this in this tournament is a 2021 Concaf Champions League spot, right? Yeah, which is which is important. Is it fair? And I know you'll tell me if I'm if I'm wrong here. That the NBA's postseason and Major League Baseball's regular season and then eventually into their postseason is more important than the MLS is back tournament. Not from a, like, important to what people care about. I mean in terms of Hmm. it's important to the sport itself because the MLS is going to pick back its regular season up after the MLS is back tournament. Is that fair? Um, So... I'm glad you qualified the fair, right, and more important, because I don't want to be making value judgments on one sport being more important. But when you say relative to its own sport and its own yes. cycle, let's say, I mean, yeah, they're regular season games. Yeah, it's the birth in CONCACAF Champions League. I think that's important. As an NYC I'm fan, not- they qualified for that the first time. That was really important. But they are, in essence, Kev, Regular season games. So will be Major League Baseball. Right, but the thing is, so this is, I guess, the best way to put it. FC Dallas okay. still has a yeah. chance to be the MLS champs, right? Even okay. after this decision. Okay. If, that, if a decision yes, like this was made true. in the NBA or in Major League yes. Baseball, the opportunity to win the okay. NBA Finals or the World Series no longer is there. And that's pretty much the reason why okay. I'm bringing this up. Because okay. it is not to say that the MLS has made an easy decision. They certainly have not. However, I don't think it carries the weight if the NBA or the MLB had to make a decision of the same kind. I don't think it carries okay. the same weight, personally. The question, I think, is if the NBA did this, right? And, and right. I guess we can then ask the same of... What any sport? <laughs> like, but if the NBA did this right, what's the number? If they're supposed to have like seventeen of uh, players available, right? Like the FC right, Dallas situation, right. because we have FC Dallas versus Nashville SC. Which, by the way, I you think, think the number is somewhere play. between five and ten? <laughs> I know, I do, but I, I I do. The rosters yeah, are I, supposed I, to be, two. and I, I almost think it's it's not even as much as it's about. The numbers between five and ten. I think they might have had concern that the FC Dallas number wasn't going away, wasn't going to decrease. And in fact, the longer okay. they stayed there, it was only going to grow. It again. Yeah, that's what happened. The to reporting. <laughs> oh, one thousand percent. Nashville SC yeah. situation again. Following it with as much as we can, still a bit taken aback by the MLS not really addressing it. With the you know the the clock is certainly ticking, sure. is where they they might say okay we think we've controlled it to only these five guys twenty nine man roster they can certainly figure this out in time and Nashville right. SC like and I don't know if this matters to them but Nashville SC is expected to be there for a group stage they're the longest odds to win 
the MLS oh, is back one of these, like, expansion teams. I, I got you. So, I'm just... I'm just trying, we're trying to figure out the line because I think one of the things that you're wondering, right, is have we set a precedent? Have we said, okay, this is yes. the standard when X happens, Z happens? I don't even right. know if that's the case within the MLS. Good question. And when, and that, and one of the other things we talk about on air, right, is like, I don't think in this context, when we're talking about the spread of a virus and public health. I don't know mm. that if you're the eighth seed or the two seed matters. I don't know if you got it, if, if it's in the bubble because of carelessness or a false positive or whatever. I don't know that it matters, right? The public health concern of a spread remains the same. You know, so I, I do think it is very interesting, okay, because maybe we are seeing a standard come into focus, Kev. You know what you, I mean? You, and you know what's really interesting? Very important. What's really interesting is, is, again, how this could pertain to the NBA, right? So the MLS is getting off the ground here with, um, right, and, like, they're, we're, we're hitting knockout games right away, right? Like, and that's the thing yeah. when you do a group stage, right? Like, if they did, imagine they did right. a group stage in the NBA. So if it is... If this happens in the NBA, right, again, upon yep. arrival, they'll have about yep. three weeks to try and sort it out. Now, let's say after okay. three weeks, it's not been sorted out, and the same issue applies. Again, sure. I think they might still go case-by-case -case basis. For example, Six if it happens on July 23rd, test positive. Okay, so perfect example. So you look at the Mavericks, and you go, okay, the Mavericks have six cases. We've got eight regular season games. They can't be eliminated from the playoffs. We're going to tell the Dallas Mavericks that they are hard-locked at seven because it's they can't really be jumped, and now we're not going to have them be able to jump the Rockets. Like You, you, you right. see what I'm saying? Where I think I in the NBA's, like I think because those eight games only matter in a way to a select group of teams, whereas, like, so say then if the same situation were to happen, and I know it's tricky, but... It's a pandemic. It's always going to be tricky. If it happened to right. the Kings, <laughs> if it happened to the Kings who need those eight games, it might be a scenario where we go, sorry, Sacramento, but we, you can't sit here for eight games because at the end of it, right. you need to play in order to move on. We're going to send you home. And then we're talking about a scenario, right? Where, yeah. upon arrival, as of today, July 7th, the, the beginning of the first round is supposed to be August 15th. If a team shows up, has an FC Dallas-esque outbreak, and by August yeah. 15th doesn't have it under control, and that would be super concerning. But then, but then that's when you then get to the next step in the decision-making process. Maybe they will, the standard, whatever that is, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, think that's I, why I, I think... That. I just think that's why the NBA is it's very it's it's not apples to apples with the MLS, and then the same is true for Major League Baseball, where you know, okay, you know what? Like we, the thing is, we actually know something about Major League Baseball and that they have the right to relocate these teams. Which, but that's that was going to be my point, Kev, because yeah. that was part of this policy that was ratified by the union. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I believe, I fundamentally believe that the answers to these questions we're talking about are in there somewhere, are on paper somewhere. Remember, mm. and we joked about it. We talked about the snitching hotline as part of the NBA. Right, right, like, right. These things are in there somewhere, right? I don't know. We talked about the protocols, two negative tests. They're in the isolation hotel. Like, the details are known, or they. I think they've got to be. They had to approve something, right? And the, my question is, do they have the stomach to implement it for example, Tim Hardaway Jr. is up in the air. He's leaning like he's going to go. Bradley Beal is going to travel with the team, but still mm. unsure. You know, there's still people making this uh, decision. And I got to tell you the truth. If I'm still up in the air, Kev, the fact that there's an outbreak in FC Dallas in Orlando or the fact that Nashville FC is getting games canceled because of the results of what's happening in Orlando doesn't help my decision at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that's a piece of news that makes you go, "All right, good, can't wait to get news. there." <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, of course not. 
Um, <laughs> I do think, though, I do think a lot of these commissioners are talking to one another. Like, I remember Dana White making that point after one of their events. Right, that reading all the blueprint, commissioners yeah. were calling themselves. So I do think that there are... Like, I bet you would be surprised at how much Bradley Beal understands about the FC Dallas situation. I, I just... Right. I, I no, think I, maybe... I, I, I agree. Yeah, so... And and now, like, I, it, it'll be interesting in how, in how that's going to impact him. I just want to also quickly mention, because I know we're coming up against the break, and that one of the guys who was on yeah. the fence has opted to go... Uh, in Dwight Howard. He's decided that he's going to play uh, in the restarted season. He's going to be heading uh, with them. They're supposed to arrive on Thursday, uh, and he's going to be donating the remaining uh, his remaining game checks to his nonprofit campaign, Breathe Again. Yeah, that's an awesome gesture by Dwight Howard, who has made the decision he will be joining the Lakers. I always say the damn transaction window makes the rich get richer, but I digress. If you want a shot at a championship, here's a ready-made opportunity to go get it. Um, we will turn our attention to the NFL when we come back. Kevin, all I know is that Nashville has a game tomorrow night. They have five players who have tested positive for covid and we, at this moment, don't know what the league is going to do about it. I do know. We'll be back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid. Kevin and I talking about how do leagues respond when outbreaks happen, whether or not they are smart about it or careless, whether or not it's big or small, whether or not it's a competitive team, whether or not the players affected are bench guys or all-stars. It's going to be very interesting to see how they respond. Kevin, can I interest you, though, in the Chicago Fire at minus 185 tomorrow night at 10.30 p.m. when they take on Nashville FC, who is dealing with uh, a mini outbreak? I mean, listen, you can blame this on your darn morals, Dane. We don't know how important the players are that Nashville. I mean, look, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm kidding there, but we don't know how important the players are that Nashville SC could potentially be without. True, twenty nine man roster, five player. But the more, it's very funny. But you know, obviously, as we're getting ready here for the show, I looked at this and right, and you're like, "Do you think they play?" And I was like, "No, absolutely not." But as we've talked and as I've dwelled yeah. on the fact that they've not made an announcement yet. I think they might just try and play. Like I think that they really that's another precedent want that we need to, to play. keep our eyes on. I think they you really know? want to play this game. Right, it's the opening night of the MLS's back tournament. All eyes of the sports nation will be on the MLS tomorrow night. How will the league respond? What will it look like? And what will it mean? We will certainly keep our eyes on it. But if you woke up this morning after seeing some news, you probably thought we were going to start our show with this little nugget. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has signed a 10-year, that's right, 10-year $503 million. That's right. $503 million extension with $477 million of it being guaranteed. I think this is amazing. And Kev, hmm. I, I think he's worth it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> the, the, the Mahomes stuff is wild, though, right? I mean, he really only has two seasons of play under his belt. And sure. There's not, I've not seen, I don't know if I've seen anybody say that this is like, oh, what are you doing, Kansas City? Don't you want to wait to Bad see Mahomes prove it? Right. No, like, yep. Like, we're all like, yep, that's the, best, that's the best player in the league. We know it and probably will be for the next 10 years. Like, there's a chance, right? I, and I would almost maybe say there's a good chance that oh, for yeah. the entirety of that contract, he's a top five quarterback in the league. 
which then means... Oh, I was going to say, there's a good chance that at, like, year six or year seven of this contract, he's going to look like a value. Oh, my God. Well, that's what happened, right? See, and that's one of the things. Like, I I know some people, like, would point out that, oh, you know, he's going to make north of $50 million during some of these years. What's that going to do to the cap it? Well, stop thinking of the salary cap's not going to move. Now, I will say, the decision, this decision, right, with the uncertainty that exists in the league is Mm. to me was a bit jarring like the salary cap should recover right we hope we get back to normal that's the plan based on our inability to do anything right in terms of this virus i i guess i can't say it's a guarantee but you know 477 million like it's one of those (laughs) it's one of those situations usually would you say right Nine times out of ten, when it comes to a contract being given out, either the team or the player won. And in this instance, I think it might just be fair to say that both sides win here. I I mean, I saw some people questioning, like, oh, is this really going to be worth it from home? Should he have just, you know, played it on a more short-term deal? That's why Dak's not signed. He wants four years versus the five for Dallas. But I just look at this as Mahomes and, like, I, I mean, how much money could he possibly be leaving on the table, maybe I'll look back on this in, in seven years and be like, LOL, only if you knew. But, like, he's almost a billionaire. Like, he's halfway to being a the billionaire. A billion dollars. On, like, <laughs> on this deal. A billion dollars, Kev. Like, the idea that if he played this, like, I just feel like there's way more that could go wrong with him, like, oh, playing yeah. this, like, step by step by step. So let me ask you this. What are people like Dak Prescott thinking today? What are people like Jamal Adams thinking today? What is Mr. Deshaun Watson thinking today? Now, remember, this has been, you know, Patty went beyond the Russell number, I do believe, by like a cool 15 million, right? But the way contracts go is you kind of just leapfrog the guy, right? We've always said it's just a matter of timing of when it happens. Mm-hmm. But you got to think, we're talking about precedents being set, right, in this country. you got to think this is a precedent that is not going to be leapfrogged anytime soon. It has established a market, absolutely. But what do you think specifically for guys like Dak and Deshaun? Well, how did they respond to this? Or is this a different context because Patty and the Chiefs have a different tone and relationship? Like, does this mean anything for anybody else? Or is Patrick Mahomes truly an outlier? I think he is, to, to certainly to, an, to a degree, an outlier. You think Dak's agent thinks so? Or Deshaun's agent thinks so? Look, they can think whatever they want. Let's call this okay. See, see, I can't help but be logical here, right? Sean Watson, Deshaun Watson walks into my room and says, "Listen, Pat's getting over forty-five a year. Me too." And I go, "Do me a favor, pal. Sit down. I'm gonna throw on the, the, our game versus them last year in the postseason, and then you lie to me that you deserve that money because you don't. Okay, you don't. Okay. What I think's happened here: the ceiling has now been set. That's the ceiling of money, and I'm not. I am not bending on that. You think you're worth more than that? Go ahead. Call the Denver Broncos. Call the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. No one's giving you that. Okay. That's not happening, right? And it's also because Dak right now wants a four-year deal. The idea that he's going to get this on a per-year basis on a four-year or five-year deal, like if you want to sign your life over for a 10-year contract, if you trust that organization enough, but unless you're willing to do that again, I'm not having this conversation with you. However, I think the floor gets raised, right? So on an average per year deal, right, Mahomes is, again, over 45. Russ is at about 35. The idea that Dak and Watson can now comfortably start to ask about $40 million, I do think is a very real one. Because as much as, again, to me, I think the idea that they are on the same level with Mahomes is laughable. I believe that them saying that, look, we're not $10 million worse than this guy is one that's more than understandable. And, and, and that's probably the... And I just, I just think, Dane, like, that's where I think we've seen the floor jump up a bit 
for these quarterbacks yeah. probably in their conversations. I think that's true. So maybe the biggest beneficiary of this is not Dak Prescott. He's not Deshaun Watson. Maybe the biggest beneficiary of this is like, you know, that mid-tier quarterback, right? But that quarterback like the Jacoby Brissett or the Ryan Tannehill that we were like, oh, are they really worth $20 million? If this kind of raises all boats, maybe those are the kinds of quarterbacks that actually see kind of the boom from this. Is that fair? Yeah, I think I just think it, as a whole, I think all the quarterbacks will benefit from this. I yeah. think they will all make more money. It's just I don't personally have a tolerance for a quarterback that tells me they're worth the same as Mahomes. I just don't. Now, there is currently one guy who <clears> is <throat> going to maybe make this interesting. And it is Lamar. It is Lamar. I okay. mean, right? Year one, played in a playoff game, got more reps than Patty. That's all very real. I'll give he you a then... See, okay, I know what you're going to offer. Yeah, and I know what you're going to offer. And I wouldn't go to 10 years. It's the reason I wouldn't go to It's the reason I wouldn't go to I get it. I get it on his face, right? But it's not fair. When one, he's been fine. Okay? Right. Throughout all of this time. And he's incredible right. at getting out of bounds, by the way. Two, running quarterbacks are becoming a thing. Okay? Fine. And we just have to embrace that. And most importantly, Mahomes was injured last year. He yes. took a knee injury. So it's not fair that I can give this to Mahomes because he's a better thrower. I think it almost comes down to the idea that he's just because he's a better thrower of the football. Lamar's value is so different, is so unmatched in what he brings to the table and makes up the identity in Baltimore. If he wins the Super Bowl this year, second best odds to do it. I do think then there's a reason to say, like you sit down and you go, listen, okay, right. Roman, Harbaugh, Lamar, you're all here for a decade. Are we good on that? Because that's what we need. Let's lock this in and it's going to be us versus them for a decade. No, I hear you, Kevin. Listen, I, I agree. He's he is dynamite. Okay, absolutely. I'm what the way I'm approaching it though, it's not about the name Patrick Mahomes. It wouldn't be about the name Lamar Jackson. The reason I wouldn't go to 10 years is just because his value is a more risky proposition. On its uh, like as a as a as a conceptual idea. You're right. Lamar may be that exception. You're absolutely right. I wouldn't make a 10-year investment in something that is more risky, whether he's been injured or not yet, whether Patty has been injured or not yet. It's just hard to make that long of a commitment when the style is of greater risk. I would not make a long commitment to a pitcher that still hasn't had Tommy John surgery, for example. The risk is greater, but Patty will be able to pick up the tab, whether he's going out with Lamar Jackson. Or anybody else. One other thing we saw in the NFL today or yesterday, we've been talking about the Washington football team and their team potentially wanting to change their name. We've talked about how advertising and money can move the needle. Well, here's another kind of money moving the needle, Kevin. Um, some of the smaller owners of the Washington football are now saying that they may be looking to sell their position in the team that they don't like Daniel Snyder. I know that we come up on a break. I want to get your thoughts when we come back. The question I'm going to ask you, everybody's looking for their pound of flesh in this stuff. Statues are falling. Could Daniel Snyder the pound of flesh as it relates to the Washington team? We'll talk about that dive on sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. Kevin and I looking at the NFL. Patrick Mahomes getting paid over half a B. 
billion dollars over the next decade, the roaring 20s, certainly, for Patty Mahomes. Then we turn our attention, though, to the Washington football team, which has clearly been in the news, going through the team review. Um, you know, the owner is saying, we're, we're going to consider this. Ron Rivera out there saying it's hopeful that he can get it done before the 2020 season. And then, you know, we've talked about this, everything from Kylan Hill to adverse advertising sponsors, leveraging social media for change, that it takes the people with the big um, personas or weight behind them. And, you know, Nike qualifies. FedEx qualifies. Well, the owners of the team also should qualify, right, Kev? And in Washington, it seems like some of the owners with a smaller stake in the franchise that are not named Dan Snyder, that are not the people you know of, are upset with the majority owner and are looking to sell. Like, what are they going to do? Like, we have seen owners step away before when it gets too uh, scandal, scandalific, shall we say. Donald Sterling comes to mind. Marge Schott comes to mind. So, you know, and it was Daniel Snyder who was like, in all caps, this will never change, you know. Right. Now, other people with heft, the other owners are speaking out. Sponsors, title stadium sponsors are leveraging their power. How is this going to end? Could Daniel Snyder somehow be forced to, I don't know, I don't want to say fully divest or anything like that, but where do you think this is going? Because these are now the other men and women that sit around the boardroom table with him, Kev. Yeah, maybe they see a storm is coming and, and they don't want to be a part of it. I think Daniel Snyder is, I think, part of the reason that he is going to change this name, which, again, I believe to be pretty much inevitable at this point, is he's certainly going to change that name before I think he moves out of the position that he wants to be in. Maybe I'm wrong here, but if I were somebody that even remotely had the net worth to go and make this decision, it does feel like an opportune time to get in, though. Because I'd have to think that you're getting value based on the pandemic, right? And sports <laughs> not bringing in the number that they typically do. And I think that could be baked into the potential number that would, you know, be listed, I guess, for, you know, what is about, you know, between a couple of different people, you know, almost 40% of the share, right, is supposed to be available. 40% of the ownership is unhappy with the majority owner. Say that out loud. Which again. is... Yeah, I, I mean, it's a it's a lot. It's certainly a lot. Rights on the stadium, Nike, let alone a ton of their players who see an opportunity right now to strike when the iron is hot. I just I just do wonder if when we start the next season, right, and the Washington Roses take the field in the most beautiful jerseys we've ever seen, and Dwayne Haskins is lighting the league ablaze. Will it have been an investment that is worth its weight in gold? I think it's possible. And also, what's, if you buy in on this team, right, and then Dan yeah. Snyder is forced to sell, maybe you're the front runner with already owning a decent right. percentage of the team to become the new majority owner. Like, I just, I don't know if, if, the, if my reaction to this is supposed to be what a business opportunity could potentially be out there, but. It somewhat is. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Another story we have to watch because it has legs. It is moving every day, every hour, similar to how will the soccer tournament go on. It is evolving here. That's why you got to keep it locked on Sports Grid, not only to the early line, but to the morning after, to FST, to Pharrell, coast to coast, to game time decisions, because we will be updating you as these things move along. And, Kev, you know, you've, been, you've made it clear. That you are a fan of the Washington Roses. We've heard things like absolutely. We've heard things like the Washington Red Tails. I like the idea of an homage to the Hogs, their old offensive line nickname. What we're going to do next hour is put up a poll here on SportsGrid. Find us on Twitter and vote. What do you think will be the next name of the Washington football team? What do you want it to be? We'll check in on those results as we get through the show. You know, Scotty, one of, uh, Kev, one of the things I was mentioning, I said Scotty, because yesterday was the beginning 
of fantasy football season for many people in the industry. You may or may not know, I know you do, but our listening audience may not and viewing audience, that Scott Fishbowl is a uh, a big-time fantasy football league that usually signals the beginning of fantasy football and fantasy football drafting season. And across this fair nation, I don't know, Kev, you know, something like 1,400 teams decided to draft. I was very excited to do so. It's one of those slow kind of drafts over email. And... It's about to start again at 8 a.m. coming up, and I might be on the clock in our number two of our show. So I want to talk through it with you so we can make a conglomerate decision. I, I put some of what I did out there on social media yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, Ken, you know how we've been talking about I'm going to go RBRB, I'm going to go RBRB. You know, though, the number one rule of all fantasy sports is know your settings. And for me, the settings in this Scott Fishbowl League trumped my uh, research on RBRB when tight ends got extra bonuses for catches and first down. Kevin, quarterbacks get points for every completion that they have, okay? making And it is a two-quarterback league, which makes the quarterbacks dramatically more valuable. This goes around in multiple divisions, multiple conferences. What if I told you that in my draft, Christian McCaffrey went third in this draft. What if I tell you that in many of these drafts, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle were first round picks and not even 11 and 12. That is how much the settings kind of change this. With that being the case, would you be okay if I diverted from our RBRB strategy? Yeah, I mean, look, you obviously, you have to know the league, and I, I have um, a little bit of experience in Scott Fish, Fishbowl. I, I participated, yeah. I believe, twice it is. Um, so I know that the settings can really change things. I can't help but laugh a little bit, though, uh, as you yeah. and I were on the phone, you know, after we finished up here. It was like 9.30, yeah. and you were yeah. like, all right, talk to you guys when Saquon's on my team. Like, yeah. what? hey, man, how much, you know, what? I'll tell you what happened. I literally had Saquon as like preloaded as my number two pick yeah. under the assumption Christian McCaffrey would be one. And the first thing I thought about was, oh, what if the one pick goes in a different direction? I don't want to be automatically preloaded to take Barkley when CMC was still out there. So I pulled him off my queue. Right. And then I started to look because another thing that happened is in my specific division, we were going really slow. Everybody else had like their first round done and we didn't even have a pick made yet. Okay, so I was starting to look at all these other ones and I was like, wow, people really are prioritizing the QB running uh, tight end setting so much. I went in and looked and I discovered more settings that lean in that direction. And I was like, maybe I go Patty Mahomes at two. I mean, the man is about yeah. to make a billion dollars, right? And then what happened? The guy at number one after hours took Patrick Mahomes number one overall. And I was like, oh, now it's between if I got to continue with that quarterback way and take Lamar or is CMC too good to pass up? I decided to lean on the number one rule of fantasy football that the settings matter. And I went with Lamar Jackson at number two overall. Lamar Jackson has gone two or three in this draft all over the place. And then because of the tight ends, I told you Kittle and Kelsey were first round picks. Kev, in the second round, I doubled up and I got myself a little Mark Andrews. So then the question becomes, wow. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and by the way, when tight ends get extra points for completions, extra points for first downs, boy, am I going to be a fan of that stack week in and week out. However, um, the question for me becomes, and we talk about mock drafts and how we do, my then question is going to be, what is my running backs going to look like? Because, Kev, what I did was, in essence, prioritize the settings in rounds one and two, and now, Kevin, I'm going to apply the same logic. At this point, now that I've gotten that out of the way, my, my, my mm. rationale approach, it remains, Kevin, that's a big point here. Okay, I just knew that those settings prioritized it. I addressed the priority. Now I go right back to my approach. Kev, at three in the third round, the second pick of the third round, I got the 13th running back that happened to be off the board. Okay, but in this context, that 13th running back was Kenyon Drake. And so I'm okay with that. Um, because I was, th- I was choosing between what I thought was going to wind up being 
Eckler, uh, Josh Jacobs, maybe Aaron Jones. But uh, Kenyon Drake was still there, so I took it, and I was happy. I want to ask you one other thing about this. I mentioned that my draft was going very, very slow. People have made the point. When you have that long clock, an eight-hour clock, which is about to start beginning again for day two Mm -hmm. of the Scott draft, someone made the point, and I've heard this point from experts that I respect and agree with, the right thing to do is milk the clock at all times because of the chance. Just like what we see, Bubba Ka- uh, um, Brooks Kepka pulls out of the golf event. People test positive with COVID in this yeah. context where everyone is questionable. And we say that is the idea of milking the full clock an even more legitimate strategy than ever. It is. It, it's unfortunate because you really don't like the idea that you get to do two picks a day. And I don't mean you I, get to do two picks a day. I mean the league gets right. to do two picks a day pretty much like that's not what you want um with with the milking of the clock right because i think it shuts off at a certain point at night right yeah so you legitimately might you know two or three picks a day like it's not what you're going for there what's really interesting to me right in the way that you kind of went about knowing the settings and everything is that you still were able to get rb13 yes you kind of went away but you also somewhat you somewhat didn't, you know, because they, how many quarterbacks and tight ends went in those no. first twenty three picks? A ton, how many you like typically would go? Dak Prescott was the number five pick. All yeah, I mean, you know what I like. We're talking about yeah, yeah. five quarterbacks went in the first round. Okay, right. two tight wow. ends went in the first round. To the point, that's what I'm saying. Our theory, right? is that you go RBRB because the ponds will dry up so fast and you won't get chances at it. I took mm-hmm. the gamble that these settings, other people would also prioritize tight end and quarterback, leaving the pool of bell cows still there. And guess what? I think it was a smart bet. I'll know for sure in about an hour when I have to make another pick and I'm staring at what level of running back while we are on air, I will talk about it. But, Kev, I can't talk about it until then, just in case other people are watching me give them the edge. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it if and when I am up live. When we come back, hour number two, baseball on deck. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 